0: I'd like to welcome y'all here today. We'll begin the service. We will sing number 64. Tell me the story of Jesus. Number 64.
1: You can't We want to
0: that that's what we've all come out here for this morning to learn more about that story of jesus and he just went through the song of different things of tell about this and tell about that the different things different aspects of jesus life but what it all comes down to is to tell about jesus christ was the son of god to tell about Jesus Christ came here and he lived here upon the earth for about 30 years. Tell about how he overcame all things. Tell about how he was the son of God. And tell about he rose out of that grave victorious. And we can see victory through him. We can see victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. He says, I am the way. I am the only way. There is no other way but through him. But we must truly repent of our sins. We must truly repent. Have full faith and trust in Him. So let's keep these things in mind today as we go through this service. Because I know that whatever He gives to us, it'll be good for us, for our soul. That we can learn how to walk closer to Him. As we look around throughout the world today and we see how that people are going farther and farther away and we need to be drawing closer and closer to Him. Is that in our life? And we read and we talked about things last Sunday. And I hope that's been on our mind this week of the attributes that He spoke of in Peter there that should be in our life. He said, add to these things, add to faith all of these things that He talked about. Has that been on our mind? Have we been looking to see if that was in our life this week? Let's all move up. Let's get in the condition to where he can work with us and he can do the things that he would have for us to do. He can do it in us. It's not our works. It'll be His Spirit working within us if we just get out of the way and let it work. He has blessed us so tremendously here upon the earth. He has given us so much that we can use naturally and so much we can use spiritually to know how to walk close to Him and to have that power over sin. The power of God the Spirit of God is what we all can have today and that is a wonderful thing for us all to realize and to know of what we might be looking for and what what he might be looking for in our life as we go through each and every day I've opened here to Galatians Galatians I think we'll read some in Galatians there. This is the third chapter of Galatians. Starting at the 20th verse of the second chapter. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Now, can each one of that was what Paul was just telling these people in this letter that he was writing them? He was encouraging them and he just wanted them to know and understand how that he was living his life. He says, I am crucified with Christ, crucified from the things of this world. He says, nevertheless, I live. He was not talking about that natural death that Christ went through, but he was talking about being crucified spiritually from the things of this world. And he says, nevertheless, I live. I have eternal life in me, is what he was talking about. I have a new spirit that is within me, that I am alive spiritually, yet not I. He wanted us to understand and know that that was not coming from him. That was coming from Christ, but Christ liveth in me. And how many of us can say that today, that Christ is living in you? and the life which I now live in the flesh, as we go through our daily walk here with Him, while we're here in the flesh, He says, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. I want us to, everyone, understand that today. I want you to understand that that's the love that Jesus Christ and God the Father had for us. That we, if we will have that faith and we will repent of our sins, we can have that l- Him living within us, that new spirit, that new birth right within this body that we have. I now live in the flesh, and each one of us are in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. He's living by faith that Jesus Christ overcame sin and Jesus Christ gave him that spirit and he can overcome and he is living by faith that he will have eternal life when he goes off this world. He says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. If righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. And we know that righteousness did not come by the law. Righteousness came by Jesus Christ, and I do not frustrate that grace, that power that He has given to me and He has given to others. But I accept that Jesus Christ gave us that from His Father, and it only comes through Him because He was the one that overcame and died on that cross. He was crucified in the flesh. Now we can have this flesh crucified. His life was taken for him, but God gave it back, resurrected him out of the grave. And that's what each and every one of us must have today is being crucified from the things of this world. But he said, nevertheless, I live. And he's talking about he is living that natural life, but he is allowing that spirit to direct him in everything that he did. I now live in the flesh. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That should bring us down very, very low today when we think about that. When we think about the condition that we were in, in a lost, eternally lost condition. But Jesus Christ came, and that story that we just sung about, this is part of that song that we sung about. This is that, that story that He came and He overcame and He died the most painful and shameful death that could be heaped upon Him. There is nothing that we have ever or ever will go through that would be more excruciating pain than what Jesus went through. And He did it for the love that He had for you. He did it so that you and I would not be lost. If we'll repent of our sins and accept Him as our Savior, truly accept Him, truly repent, truly believe, and be at one with Jesus Christ and God the Father. And if we are at one with them, we will be at one with His people here upon the earth. What a wonderful story that that is that we can tell and that we can talk about and that we can have in our mind and we can think about throughout the week to encourage us and to give us strength to go through whatever trials and tribulations there are that is there for us. He says, oh foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? O oh, foolish Galatians, he said. Now could that be talked about us today? O oh, foolish group that is here today. Who hath bewitched you? Who hath deceived you that you should not obey the truth? Is that in any one of us's life today? Paul was being very plain and clear to these people. And I know that the Lord has been very plain and clear to us. Are we examining ourselves? He was bringing this not because he was just wanting to call them out for something. He was bringing this to their attention because he had a love for them because Jesus Christ did. He wanted to see them get out of whatever condition that they were in. If they had been deceived, if they were not obeying the truths of God, He wanted to see them step up to the plate. He wanted to see them obey. That's what God wants in us is obedience. This only would I learn of you, receive you the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. And it's one of us today, how have you received that spirit? Did you do it by works? Absolutely not if you've got it. If you haven't got it, you will not be able to do it by receive that spirit by works. And he was under, trying to get this across to these people. There were some there that was probably telling them that you've got to live according to the law. You've got to do these things but Paul was bringing it very plain and clear to them. This only would I learn of you. This only would I teach you. This is only the way thing that I want you to understand. And it's what I want every one of us to understand today. You received the Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? And I would say absolutely not. The only way we can receive that Spirit is is through faith in Jesus Christ and repenting of our sins. That is the only way. He says, I am the way. I am the door. There is no other way but by me. You cannot do enough good works to receive that. It is only it is a free gift, he says. The gift of God. It is a free gift through Jesus Christ our Lord. Or by the hearing of faith. And that's how we can do it. By the hearing of faith, by having faith in there. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? By our own flesh, no, that's not going to be made perfect. But I can assure you, once we begin in that spirit, then that spirit takes over that new spirit. And there will be a difference in your life. There will be good works in your life, but it's the spirit of the Holy Ghost within you. It's not your spirit yourself. That is what will be doing it. It is not the flesh this fleshly body that is making you perfect. It's the Spirit of God that is within you that will make you perfect. Have you suffered so many things in vain if it yet be in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? What kind of works is within you? Are you receiving that? Listen, he says, He therefore that ministered to you the Spirit, that's who is ministering the Spirit to us, Jesus Christ, and worketh miracles among you. The greatest miracle that is known to man that has ever been done for man is having that new birth bestowed upon each and every one of us. That is that miracle that works among his people. And doeth he by works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? How do you receive that? By the hearing of faith and repenting of your sins, even as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Now Abraham was under the before the law, even. But he was there, and he, God was showing him how and what to do, and how to live his life. And he had faith then that if he followed what God would show him to do, and he says it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident for the just shall live by faith, and the law never justified anybody. But having faith in God, that if they followed his recommendations and what he asked for them to do in those days, that would be equivalent, and that would be what they needed to be saved. He says it is evident for the just shall live by faith. And all the way along, they had to have faith that God was the one that would save them. Even though under the law, they yes, they had to do the things that God asked, but he still had to have the faith to be able to accomplish those things. And today, and the law is not a faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Christ redeemed us from that law. It was something that man could not accomplish. Christ came here and accomplished it, went over. He fulfilled that law. And then he redeemed us from it by his blood on the cross. Redeemed us. Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now now he's telling us how in our day, after Christ year, he is telling us now what took place, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ not through our works not through the law but through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith the promise of the spirit we talk about that promise constantly we read last week Peter did about in in what he wrote there about those precious, those great and precious promises that we have that Jesus Christ left here for us, that He told us, and that He is performing for us. Those are the promises that He said, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. He promised that I would send to you a comforter. I will go away, but I will send to you a comforter. Is that in your life? Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. He made this promise to Abraham and to his seed, and Christ was a seed, a part of that. And he says, and I see, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Christ was the Messiah. He is the Savior of the world, and he came here. The people had faith that Christ would come, that a Messiah would come, and he did come. Now we must have faith that he was here upon the earth and he can save us. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul, that it should make the promise of none effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, It is no more of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. He promised that there was a Messiah coming, and that spirit is not given to us by the law. The law has been fulfilled by Jesus Christ, and this is just, Paul was just trying to get these people not worshiping and believing the law, but believing Jesus Christ, that He was the Savior. And that's what I want us to all to understand today, that it comes through Jesus Christ and none other. It's not how much you try to follow a law or how much you try to follow and say that good works that you are accomplishing here on your own self. That is not at all what he's, what He is looking for in any one of us there. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it might make the promise of God of none effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Having faith in the promise that, we, that the Messiah was coming, he said it's not of the law. It is no more a promise if, it, if that was the case. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. And he has given it to each and every one since Christ was here upon the earth, that new birth, by promise. And I know he can fulfill that. And I know he does, and he has. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator is not one, not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have been, have given life, verily righteousness should have been given by the law. He's just explaining these things to heaven. That if that could have come, if God's wrath could have been appeased by that law, then that's what God would have done. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, Verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture having concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin. The scripture, the law has been all concluded there. That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe that's the promise do you believe that's the question today but before faith came we were kept under the law shut up unto the faith shut up unto the faith which should afterward be revealed Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. We don't need that. He says, I will write it in your mind and I will put it into your heart. That new spirit then will direct us. And it will show us what we need to do and how we need to live our life. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Not by works of the law or anything of that nature. For ye are the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. What did Peter tell the people? There on the day of Pentecost, we talk about this just about every week. What must we do to be saved? Repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For many of you, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, been baptized into Christ, baptized with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, then you have put on the same Spirit that Christ had. You are now a child of God, for ye are all the children of God, he says. That's an amazing thing. A child of God, by faith in Christ Jesus. Have you been baptized into Jesus Christ and put on that spirit had that spirit given to you. And now you have that own. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ Jesus. Doesn't matter who you are, he says, where you come from, what color you are, anything there. There. He says, for you are neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. The Spirit of God. Doesn't matter who. He's not looking upon you that it's only for a, a male, only for a man, or it's only for a female, or it's only for certain ethnic groups. He's not looking at that at all. He's looking at it all as the person. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. A seed of Abraham because of the faith that you have in Jesus Christ. Because he was of that seed. And now we can be also of that same righteous seed. That son of that child of God by putting our true faith and trust in Him not in ourselves but in Him and that eternal part I want to turn over let's read some here in the 6th chapter of this same book let's just start reading at the first verse he says brethren if a man be overcome in a fall ye which are spiritual restore such an one in spirit in the spirit of meekness concerning thyself lest thou also be tempted bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfil the law of Christ He didn't say the law of Moses he said fulfil the law of Christ through faith. Through the power of God. But he just, in that first part there, he was encouraging you to be able to, if you see your brother in a fault, overtaken in a fault, he may be very down and out. Ye that are spiritual, he says. Ye that are strong spiritually, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, not going to someone as a in a I am more holy than you, than in a spirit of meekness. What can I do to help? But he says, consider yourself also, lest thou also be tempted with the same temptations. And remember that you've got the power of God. You've got that new spirit to overcome that bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing he deceiveth himself keep that in mind don't be deceived he mentions that in numerous places let no man deceive you now he says here For if a man think himself to be something, and if we get puffed up in our own way, puffed up in knowledge that we might feel like, look who we are, look what I have, look what I know when I am nothing. The only thing that I have is the Spirit of the Holy Ghost within us, and that comes through Jesus Christ. That is the gift. So what can I do to try to bring any glory and honor to myself for what I have in that? Nothing. He says, don't be deceived. Don't deceive yourself by thinking that you are somebody, that you are something that is good spiritually. If there's any good in us, and there should be, and there will be if that spirit is there. Just remember to give him the honor and the glory for it. Not you, not me. But let every man prove his own work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Let every man prove his own work. Prove what is being done within you by allowing the Spirit to Look into your life and to either justify or condemn you. He says, let every man prove his own work. Let the Spirit of God prove that work within you. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone. Rejoicing in the Spirit. Having joy in the Spirit. Having joy in this life. A bountiful joy by walking close to Him. And not in another, not in another in that spirit of Satan there. Don't rejoice in that. Rejoice in the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Do not rejoice in sin in any way, shape, or form, what it, wherever it might be. Don't allow sin to be in you at all, for every man shall bear his own burden. And yes, each and every one of us has a job to do here upon the earth. Every single one of us has got something that God wants for you to do. Now let's walk for Him and let's live for Him and let's walk with Jesus Christ. Walk as He walked here upon the earth. Let him that is taught in the Word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. Now listen at that carefully. Be not deceived is what he says. Satan is a deceitful being. God is not mocked. God will not be mocked. You might mock him, but if you do, you are mocking the Word and the power of God and the raft of God will be rained out on those tight people. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. However you live your life, he says that is what you will reap here in this life. Now, what are you sowing? Are you sowing eternal life? Are you sowing and giving that good seed the ground, the good ground, and letting it grow and letting it bring forth good fruit here upon the earth. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of his flesh reap corruption. If that's what we are looking for. If that is our life, our goal here in this life, to just do all that we can to glorify this flesh, to do all that we can to make it, to make this flesh or that our natural life greater and greater and greater. He says that's what you're going to receive. He, he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. And that corruption is eternal damnation. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Now I want us to dis- see, this is promises that He has for us. He is just warning us of these kind of things. What are you going to sow? What are you sowing to? Are you sowing to the flesh? Or are you sowing to the Spirit? He says if you are sowing to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. If you are sowing to the Spirit, you are going to reap life everlasting. If that is what is the most important thing in your life today, is what can I do to draw closer to Him? What can I do to be able to be sowing spiritually spiritual seeds in my life? Just let the Spirit have free course, and that's what you need to do. Let that Spirit of God have free course in you and he will take care of the rest. But let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Another promise. He's told us there that promise there that we, if we sow to the Spirit we can have life everlasting now he's telling us, let us not be weary in well doing, not be weary in, in the things that God has given to us, but let's use them to his honor and his glory. For in due season we shall reap. In due season we will be able to gain that reward if we faint not. If we do not allow Satan to deceive us and to carry us away, we shall receive that. And as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially to them that are of a household of faith. When we have opportunity, he says, let us do good unto all men, to all people, doesn't matter who they are. And then he goes on and he says now, but especially unto them who are the household of faith, especially to the brothers and sisters in Christ, he says do good unto them, encourage them, help them on their journey. You see how large a letter I have written to you with my own hand as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh. They constrain you to be circumcised only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. Here's people there trying to to hold on to the law and make things there and what he was just saying wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if they should just Hold on and learn what the cross did for them. Should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Again, look what this was what Paul was bringing to their attention and he wanted them to understand how he was living his life and how God would have for us. He says, God forbid that I should glory. Glory in man or glory in what he was doing in his own self. Glory in how well he was keeping the law. That's not what he was saying. He was saying, "God forbid that I should have that in me." He says, "Only what I' need to have, and glorying in me is the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, the flesh was crucified by the Spirit of God. It was cut off from the, the lustly desires of the things of this world. It was taken away. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. what our body looked like and what we've done to our body, he says that makes no difference. What makes a difference is that new creature. That new creature, friends, is it in us all today? Have you been made new And I keep going over and over these things. There is questions that we need to be answering. And I want to see every one of us be made new. But a new creature, that is what should be in us. And as many as walk according to this rule, Peace be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. If we walk in this spirit, if we walk in this promise, he says, Peace be unto you. And it will, it will give us great peace if we have been crucified, if we have allowed the spirit of God to crucify the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, crucify us from the things of this world. And set us at one with God. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy, and upon the God of Israel. Mercy. I desire the mercy of God. And I know it's there for us. From henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Is that spirit within you? Is that something there that is working strong within you today? I'm going to turn over and read a a little bit in John about some of the things about this eternal life and all about how Jesus loves us and what he did for us and God loves us and what he did for all of us let's turn over to John there this is the gospel of John Let's read here, Start reading at the, we'll start reading at the tenth verse. He says, "The Jews, therefore, said unto him that was cured. Is it, the, it is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed." He answered them, "He that made me whole, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk." Now this is what he was very plain and clear. Jesus had told him what to do, and this man was obedient. He had been healed. If we have been healed, let's be obedient. Let's not be as He we just read about and let someone deceive us. says, God forbid that we could get, We should go back into that type of lifestyle. Then asked they Him, What man is that which saith unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed Himself away, a multitude being in that place." Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and saith unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing happen unto thee. Sin no more, he said. We've got that, and he had been healed. He says, Now thou art made whole. Whoever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son and showed him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. Now he's just saying here, I am the Son and I'm just doing the things and and showing you the works that my Father has done and shows to me. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. And that greater work came at a later date, the way I look at it, in that power over sin. For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father which hath sent Him. Now we can say, well, I would never say anything blaspheming the Word of God. But if we are not following Jesus Christ in the things that He would have for us to do, we are dishonoring the Father if we are dishonoring the Son. In our lifestyle, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come and shall not come unto condemnation, but it passed from death unto life. Now this is what I want us to think about and to hear, we've talked about it in the others there about eternal life, and and salvation. But he brings both of them into this thing. He brings both of eternal life, and he brings into it the condemnation of God also. Listen carefully to that as we read it again. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. I'm sorry, I read... The, the next verse, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. Believe, if we hear his word, and what is his word? He says, Believe on him, trust in him, have faith in him, repent of your sins has an everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. What does that tell me? What does that tell you? If we do not accept Him, if we do not believe upon Him, we will be condemned to hell. That's what He's saying there. But is passed From death unto life. Those that have received of that new birth, they have that life. They're looking forward to that life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that shall hear shall live. And he's talking about the spiritual dead. And that's every single one of us. When we came here, we were spiritually dead when you hear His voice and believe upon Him, shall hear that word and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in Himself, so hath He given the Son to have life in Himself and hath given Him authority to execute judgment also Because He is the Son of Man. Marvel not that I said, Marvel not at this. For the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear His voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life. They that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. He brings it back in the same verse again about God, what God is and what God will do. The dead will hear His voice and shall come forth. They that have done good using the Spirit of God and allowed those good works to be done in them unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil, rejecting God, rejecting that spirit so that it could not do good works within them. unto the resurrection of damnation, I can of mine own self do nothing. Now this was the Son of God saying that. And that's the same thing within us today. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. That was the words of Jesus. And the same thing with us today. He says, I can of mine own self do nothing as I hear I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will but the will of the Father which has sent me. And that's what each one of us have to be seeking, the will of the Father and the will of Jesus Christ in us, not our will. But seeking those things, but remembering there what He talks about. That he is God of love. And he is telling us how that we can have that eternal life. But there are conditions there also. He says, if you do not hear my word, you do not live in accordance with those things. If you have done evil and continue in that, you will be resurrected to damnation. Terrible thing there to be thinking about there. That... That is what can happen to us in our day if we just do not listen and are not in accordance with how he would have us to live our life today. Let's read a little bit in, in Matthew about some of the same type things that he was talking about. This would be in the 19th chapter of Matthew. <clears throat> Starting at the 20th verse, the young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus saith unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. And when, But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now I want you to think that it would be absolutely impossible But he's just telling us how it's impossible for you and me to enter into the kingdom of God on our own, full of our own riches, full of the riches of the things of this world, full of our own self-righteousness even. He says it is that impossible that for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God if that is what we are putting first and foremost in our life. He said, if that is the case, it's just as impossible that you can take that camel and put it through the eye of a needle. When His disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed and saying, Who then can be saved? And Jesus said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. That's what I want us to understand. It is impossible for us. But with God, all things are possible. If we are rich in His Spirit, if we are rich in the Spirit of God, all things are possible. And we can see victory. And that's what I want everyone here to see is victory in Jesus Christ. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? Now Peter, looking around, Peter said, Well, look, look what we have done. We've forsaken it, And Peter did. These men, they left their occupation. They left their families to go and to do whatever God asked for them to do in that day. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall set in the throne of His glory, ye also shall set upon twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now here He was just telling them that yes, you have done these things. And He says, ye which have followed me, you have laid aside these things and followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall set in the throne of His glory. He's telling them, look what you will be able to do also. You shall set upon twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one of you and every one that have forsaken houses or brethren or sister or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. You see what it takes? The one there, the young man, he told him that we read about how that you have you've got to He says, I've done all these things, but God told, or Jesus told him a few more things that he must turn loose of, and he went away. Sorry for. Now, here he's telling these men what takes place, what will happen when we give it all up to put Jesus Christ first. Now, I don't believe that he's meaning it all, that we've got to forsake our home and go live out in the woods. Or that we've got to forsake our friends, our brethren. That we now have nothing else to do with them. That's not what he's talking about. Or our father our mother. He's talking about that if we have not forsaken that love for that more than the love for what Jesus Christ has done for us. And the love that we will serve him in whatever capacity that he sees fit. If we have not done those things, he says, for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold. If you have done those things, he says, for my name's sake, you shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. Isn't that wonderful? Think about. Inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last. And the last shall be first. Many that put themselves before Him, put themselves before God, he says, will be last. But those that look upon themselves as last and they put themselves behind God, they shall be first. Let's look here in the 10th chapter of Matthew. Read just a, a few verses there. Let's start reading there at the 24th verse. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servants above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more shall they call them of his household? Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed. And hid, that shall not be known. There's nothing in your life, nothing whatsoever, that is covered from God, covered from Christ. It is all made manifest. That should, They will be revealed. And hid, that shall not be known. There's nothing there. It will all come out. So let's just put it out now. Let's let him just repent of it to him now. And let him clean it up. Let him burn it up. Let him destroy it. Let him take it away. Fear them not therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness that speak you in light, and what you hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. Now he said he's, he's given us some instruction here. He says, fear not that. Those that all they can do is kill the body and we have never been tried, never had that kind of a tribulation coming upon us. But there was people in that day that had, and there was people after that. He was just telling them that they're going to be martyred, they're going to to give up their life for Jesus Christ. But he says, "Don't fear them; that that's all that they can do. But rather, fear Him, which is able to destroy." both soul and body in hell. Fear him. Now I don't want us to have fear that we are going if once we receive that new spirit. I don't want us to have fear that now that we are going to go to hell. God's going to take us away and send us to hell. He said, I will send to you a comforter. Once you have that then you've got that comforter then of peace and you can keep it as long as you want that and he will be there to help you to keep it but he is warning the people and he's warning us all that there is a god of wrath and there is a god of love he says fear him that is able to destroy both soul and body in hell and friends everyone that is here i want you to listen carefully everybody Fear Him, that if you have not repented, if you do not have that new birth within you today, you are in a very dangerous situation of eternal damnation. If you have not totally repented and accept Jesus Christ, that's what He is saying for us to fear Him if we have not done that. Don't fear Him if we have received that. Have that godly reverence for Him. And know that if I let Satan come in and deceive me and take me back and I'll willingly go back into the house that I come out of. I can have fear of that. But let the Spirit of God overcome it and give you that peace, that peace, I will be with you always, he says, and I will overcome in you if you repent. Go read the second and third chapter of Revelations. We talk, and it gives so many ways there of things that he said, repent. But if you haven't received this, go to him. Repent of your sins and be baptized for the name, for the repentance of those sins. Friends, listen, but rather fear Him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, these are words of Jesus Christ. But I want you to go on and see what he had to say about how, what love he says. Are not two sparrows sold for a fathering? And one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear you not, therefore, you are more valued than many sparrows. Don't just fear him that he's going to cast you into hell. If, you, if that is where you end up, it will be because you did not accept him if you accept Him and receive of that power, He loves you just as He loves the little sparrows and everything He knows all about you. Whosoever therefore shall confess Me before men, him will I confess before My Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny Me before men, him will I also deny before My Father which is in heaven. Now, these are words of Jesus Christ. These are words of God. Let's adhere to it. And let's, see, let's confess and be able to have that everlasting life. Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace but a sword. I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. If that is what it takes, that's what he was talking about there when he said there that you must be separated from your father, your mother, from your lands, from your house, from your children, all of those things. He says that if we follow Him it will bring a difference between you and people who are not. If it is your father, if it's your daughter, if it's your mother-in-law or whatever, there will be a difference there. But he says, live with all men as we can. To live with them and to love them, but never compromise with sin. And to be living for Christ. Putting our full faith and trust in Him. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear Him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. He's there mediating at the right hand of God today. And He will confess your sins and overcome them for you. He is mediating there. For you and me. But if you deny Him, He will deny you. I want eternal life. I love life. I can have eternal life. You can have eternal life. But there has to be a change made in our life. We have to accept Jesus Christ. Totally, fully, not just part way, but 100% trust in Him. Let's all understand these things and let's see victory. We'll bring this meeting to a close. We'll sing number 319. There is a great day coming. There is a great day coming. Let's sing about it. And let's let it be in our hearts. Number 319. you There's a lot in that song. Just thinking about it as we were singing. There's a great day coming. I want us to all understand. As you were singing that, did you remember what you were saying? And then he says, there's a bright day coming and it will be for the righteous. Only the righteous will be able to know and to see that wonderful eternal light. And he says there, but there's a sad day coming. A sad day coming when the sinner shall hear his doom. Depart. I know you not. Are you ready for that day? That's the day that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. When Jesus Christ sits there. And the sheep, he separates from the goats the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. And we have been told over and over, you will be at that event. You will be there. You will be there at this great day. And son, to eternal life. And son, to eternal hell. By what choice we make. Today. Choose life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what I'm pointing you all to, and I want to encourage you, and I want it to end on that. Choose life, it's a free gift. Let us pray. To God the Father, Thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for the many blessings that we have received. Thank you for your wonderful words of exhortation that you give to us that will help us to live a life that you would want us to live. A life that we can encourage others just as your son came here and he lived that life. Let us walk the same walk that he did. God, show us what to do with the things that You've entrusted into our hands. Help us to use those things to Your honor, to Your glory, and be at one with Jesus Christ and God the Father. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I would like to have your attention just a moment. We will not have our business meeting tomorrow night. It will be the next Monday classes off for a holiday and we will have it on the 10th which will be a week from, from this Monday is when we will have our business meeting and there's also a pair of glasses here that somebody has left you can come by and pick them up if you'd like you're dismissed